Welcome to the Real Driving Man podcast. I'm John Henry, and today is going to be an episode of Bipolar Talk, where I talk about having a mental illness and something related to it in a more narrow focus. If you want to view my episodes where I'm just kind of talking about anything and it's more of a, a ranting episode, uh, check out my self-therapy episodes. But today on Bipolar Talk, we are going to talk about your presenting your mental illness in public and how uh, the different ways to go about that. What do I mean by that? Excuse me. What I mean by that is everyone has a different way of presenting themselves and their mental illness in public. And it is very common, uh, I would say probably the most common way, is for people to be very private about it and not discuss it in public. That is a very appropriate uh, way to go about it. It is not the way I approach it. I am pretty public with my mental illness with almost anyone. Um, I try not to just bring it up randomly and too much to seem like I'm forcing my own beliefs on someone else or, or my own problems. But I'm very open about it. Before we get into why I do that, I think there are benefits of being private with your mental illness and being public with your mental illness. And it's a choice for everyone. I think a lot of people are private about it because all in all, the public still does not have a very good understanding of mental illness in general, um, especially more severe mental illnesses like bipolar and schizophrenia. And it's a private thing. I mean, you don't necessarily want to share something that may have an illness that may have caused some of your most embarrassing moments with everyone you meet. And keeping things private can allow one to present a certain aspect of themselves so they don't necessarily seem crazy or that they have a mental illness because there is still a lot of unspoken stigma about mental illness, mainly due from not understanding. So being private is a very good way to keep your shit personal to you and those close to you. It's very... um, It works really well if you are managing your mental illness proactively. And what do I mean by that? It's fine to be private about your mental illness. No one has to know about it. But you better be dealing with it in some way if you're keeping it private. Um, I think a lot... One of the things that can happen when people keep their mental illness private, even if they know they have it, is that they don't deal with it. And maybe... Mental illness is a spectrum. Some people have it more severe than others, and so some people can kind of just push it under the rug and deal with it as it comes if you're dealing with it. But if you are not dealing with your mental illness and you, oh, it's just private to me, it's going to end up being public in some way because if you don't take care of those underlying conditions, 
the pot's going to boil over at some point and it's going to blow up. I have experienced this a little bit with my own family. Uh, I don't want to name names because I can't remember my family, but there have my family, which I have bipolar one and ADHD. I got that from my mother. Um, my every, and I'm going to get into it later in this episode about who has mental illness and stuff and the degrees of it. But the genetics for bipolar and ADHD definitely come from my mother. Uh, side of the family and my mom had 10 siblings so we have a big family and it is bipolar does appear throughout the family my family tends to my mom's family tends to adopt a more private approach of not discussing it in public and presenting like everything's okay which is uh, very it's an appropriate approach if you're dealing with it but I do think there are members of my family who haven't dealt with those underlying problems and so they're keeping things private and acting like everything's okay but there are problems that make themselves manifest in some way or another and just to be honest if it seems if you do watch my other episodes and you see me talking this one I'm trying to keep a lower tone um, and stay a little bit more on track And so it's really easy to say, well, I just deal with my mental illness in private and then ignore it. Which those, like I said, they're going to bubble up. The problems will eventually come if you have a mental illness. And a lot of people also like to act like everything's okay and when something's not. And most people don't say anything, but if you're someone like me who does deal with a mental illness on a fairly frequent occasion... I can see that shit from a mile away. And I don't point it out. I'm not looking to be a dick. But if you are a person who is going to be more private about their mental illness in some way and keep it confined to those close, very close to you, make sure you're dealing with it. And what do I mean by dealing with it? I think first it has to have approach in your mind. You have to admit, that, oh, maybe I have bipolar, schizophrenia. Just major depression. I have an issue here. You have to admit you have that issue. And then you go about solving it. I think therapy is a very common one because therapists tend to be trained. And so I always encourage people to go to therapy. But I think mental illness has a broader approach. Um, and I'm gonna, I don't want to get too deep into this because I'm going to come back to this in a little bit. I got my sticky notes trying to be a little bit more organized. And... If you're going to be private, it doesn't change the fact that you need to deal with your those issues in whatever way you found to work. Now, shifting a little bit more towards being open about it. Being open is one thing I find it's not super common uh, <laughs> because I'm one of the people who is very open about my mental illness, and I don't see a lot of people like me. Um, th there probably are, and I'm not disparaging. I'm just making a f – I don't even know if this is a fact. It's just an observation I've made. I guess to get a little personal, why am I so open? Well, my first manic episode when I became psychotic, uh, which I would kind of akin when you get psychosis, is kind of like a blackout when you're really drunk. kind of lose control. You don't remember what happened. It's a little more intense than that, um, and there's a little, it's a little more complicated. But I would say that's the closest thing that maybe most people can relate to. 
So it's a very out-of-control feeling. And I've always been this way, even before that manic episode. I've always been very truthful, partly because I'm not very good at lying. I'm really bad at it. And so I was always just relatively truthful and straightforward and blunt. Part of my personality. And due to the fact that I've had amazing mental health care my whole life, um, I've always been open about it. Sometimes a little bit too open, and I think this is a downside of being open. Um, Sometimes when you do deal with mental illness, you can overshare, and it's kind of a way of offloading your shit, and that's fine if you're doing it with people who, to which that is appropriate, close friends and family. But I've been guilty of oversharing in public about things, uh, and you have to walk that line. And one thing I did as a person who for a while I would just bring it up all the time and talk about it all the time, I kind of made a rule for myself, um, unless it was, you know, the subject of a conversation I was having, I tried really hard not to bring up my bipolar unless I was directly asked about it. And if I was asked about it, I would be as open as, as the person who I was talking to wanted me to be, um, That allowed me to not feel like I'm bringing it up all the time and making it about me. And I think that's something that, I don't know, I've noticed as someone with bipolar, I can make things about me and not notice it all the time. And while I think being open about my mental illness, not everyone wants to hear about your mental illness. A lot of people don't, in fact. And that's okay. Uh, you got to learn with which people you do want to share this information. But at the same time, I said I'm not going to lie about it. I'm going to be open about it, and I'm going to have this podcast to be open about it because and I don't like to view myself as a champion for people with mental illness, but it's part of my defense against it. So it's personal, and also maybe I do view it a bit in a grandiose way. I'm gonna, I've told myself I'm going to be as open about mental illness. And to this day, if you see me in public, I don't have a ton of viewers, but if you do view this, thank you very much. And if you see me in public, please come up and talk to me. You can ask me any question about bipolar or mental illness, and I'll answer it. I don't want to say any question because there's probably personal questions I don't want to answer. Um, but maybe it's best to say just most questions. I just wanted to be the person who was open about their mental illness because I had good care for it, and so many people don't. And so I feel that if I am open about my mental illness, some of the stigma and misunderstandings can be, I don't know, have have bridges built. And maybe the general public can come to a better understanding of... bipolar and mental illness as a whole and that has its own downsides too if you share a lot of personal information with people those people may not be in your best interest and they may use it against you and you may end up seeming crazy at times I definitely have especially as a comedian there have been times I have overshared things done crazy things and mostly been all right a couple things maybe 
not the wisest to do, but I try not to hold my things that I may be embarrassed about against me. One thing I have done that is pretty embarrassing is for a show that was a comedy show called Dead Room here in Denver, which is a show where you're supposed to do crazy shit, I shoved a plunger up my ass. And I became very well known within the comedy community in Denver because of it. Um, but it was actually one act where if people bring it up, I am not very embarrassed about it. Like, why? Was it embarrassing? Absolutely. The most embarrassing thing I've ever done. But I did it as a form of art because that was that show's purpose was to have all the crazy shit and do it there. I'm not a type of guy. I got asked at other open mics, like, you can't do that here. Like, of course I'm not going to do that there. I've never done it since. That, in a sense, gives, to me, in my mind, it says, well, that event was just for the people who were there. It was for that show. It was a work of art. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best word because it's kind of a crazy thing to do. Um, but it was something I was embarrassed about. I was pro exploring my sexuality that way. And I was like, well, if I do it on stage in front of people, probably won't be embarrassed about it then. And I wasn't. Um, but then I also had to have a cap on it. Like, I didn't bring it up all the time. It's actually the first time I've probably talked about it in depth in a while. And I let it go and kind of let that crazy moment be that crazy moment. So you have to pick your battles. And it's had ups and downs. Uh, so if you are someone who's open with mental illness, make sure you're okay with that. And I think if you are open, you have to be – are you being open because you're offloading all the shit you're not dealing with on other people? Or are you being open because it's something that helps you deal with your mental illness? That's a line I have to – I've found myself having to walk at times as well. And it can also be a way of masking your problems that you may not be dealing with in a very healthy way. So whichever way you decide to deal with your mental illness, whether it be being more private or being more open, or maybe somewhere in between, the basis of each is good mental health care, and there are very different people, and mental illnesses appear differently. And so people have to figure out whatever way works for them. And I guess moving on to more issues I put off before, I talked about how I believe everybody could benefit from therapy. Um, maybe not at every point in your life, but I think life has difficult moments at times. And maybe I had a friend. His name was, uh, I won't say his name, but he was a, he was a German exchange student. Um, I took him on a hunting trip, and we did jiu-jitsu together. And he told me he had, I don't know if it was, it was a family member pass away or something like that. And he had, you know, there was, there's still stigma about going to a therapist. But he went to one, and I asked him, how'd it go? And he, he told me he hasn't said people, but it was very, very helpful. And he told me that the therapist, they never, they asked me, he's like, they asked me two questions, and I just talked through it in an hour, and it was super helpful. I'm like, that's therapy. That's why it's helpful. It, it's different, especially for men. A lot of times a therapist will just ask a question or two, and that will get the motors rolling. And that's just an example. Uh, that's just one example. And uh, he went to this one session of therapy and never went back. Thank God most people don't have to do that. But... I don't think you need to have a diagnosed mental disorder to go to a therapist and it be helpful. 
I think anyone can go there. I believe everybody in their own way is fucked up. I think it's what makes us unique. We all have our own problems, and we have different degrees of problems. And you have to figure out which is the best way to deal with yours. Mental illness is complicated, and there are people who have major depressive disorder, bipolar, schizophrenia, more severe mental illnesses, and we all deal with them in a variety of ways. I don't think mental illnesses manifest uniformly. What do I mean by that? I have bipolar one. But if you took someone else with bipolar 1, I think their illness would look different. And there's not just bipolar 1. There's bipolar 2, and there's uh, cyclothemia. It was, there's another, it's another mood disorder that is like one scale below bipolar 2. And then there's major depressive disorder. I don't know the spectrum on that. And I hesitate to say that mental illness is a spectrum because... And I didn't, I didn't say this early on in the episode, but I'll say it now. I am not a healthcare professional in any way. These are all anecdotal pieces, podcasts, not backed with actual evidence. And I don't want to make claims. Sometimes I do make claims. If I do make claims, I try to make sure that I know that those are true. So I don't want to say that mental illness is a spectrum and that opens up to a lot of different, I guess a different bag of worms, but I'm saying mental illness is not uniform. It, it manifests differently, and it's why we need healthcare professionals, and it's why it's helpful. If, if you don't have a diagnosed mental illness, going to therapy can help everybody. But if you do, you really should try to seek out a professional because they're going to be able to tell you more accurate information about your mental illness and they're going to help you come up with a better care plan uh, and they're going to have information that I don't have or you may not have that is going to allow you to understand things better but I know that mental illnesses look differently for everybody and everybody has problems and so I'm not here to put people on a scale of things but I think how you know, it's important to go to someone so you can understand your mental illness, so you can understand how do you want to present it. I think, especially early on, if I were to say how do, you, how, how, uh, do I think in a broad sense, which just always ends up being inaccurate, I think being more private about your mental illness is probably a better thing, especially if you're beginning to understand it because you won't give incorrect information to those around you and it will allow you to build up a knowledge base that once you have a firmer grasp and that when you have that firmer grasp you're going to have to make that call that's when you should decide maybe to be more public with it um, that said you know I'm not making any judgments people have to make their call but I do want to tell people because there are so few people who are open mental illness especially more severe stuff still has a lot of stigma attached and I don't think it's because of a lack of caring. I think there's a lot more acceptance, but 
to be honest, right before I recorded this episode, I got a freaking parking ticket in the mail, and I had a massive, like my biggest thing I'm still working on is I have the worst temper. And it's not something that's easily set off. It's set off by very specific things, but when it sets off, it's a freaking volcano. And it's very embarrassing, and it's... It's something I'm working on. It's a flaw I have. I have a bad temper. Everybody has their own things. And if someone saw me in my anger just basically 30 minutes ago, uh, no one would want to listen to this. It was very immature, and it doesn't look good. But that's part of having a mental illness. And before I started to record this podcast, um, I do a thing every day where I try to say four things I'm thankful for, and then I just take seven deep breaths. Um, I got that from actually Rick Rubin's book on creativity, trying to just have a practice. And I, I, I do think thankfulness is, is very helpful. And I had to be thankful for myself, for my anger, so that it may help me move forward. But at the same time, I made sure that I had to let it go. I had to forgive myself because once you stop being angry, or once I stop being angry, I noticed that all the anger is just replaced with self-loathing for the stupid, immature brat. Um, that I let manifest in, in me. But I have to forgive myself because that self-hate, that's just going to rot you from the inside. And if you're someone with a mental illness and you're not dealing with shit, you really got to not let that come through. It's why therapy can help you untangle the emotional knot that things can get in when you have a mental illness. And so you can understand it. But all those moments, I think are why people keep their mental illnesses more private. Because that's embarrassing. No one wants to see that. No one wants to date that. Like, I'm supposed to go out and try to have some fun with the friends and talk to some girls. And I'm like, God, if a girl saw that, she'd never freaking want to talk to me again. And that's embarrassing, and it's hard. But we're all flawed, and mental illness is a hard thing. And a lot of those parts that we hide, I think it's why I say... Early on, it's good to keep things private because those moments happen. And I think we do such a job of trying to hide them from the rest of the world, which is generally a good thing. We do want to be private about things. But I think it's way more common than people think. And I'm a person who is open because I want to let people know it's okay that you have these things. If you're dealing with them, you don't want to let them out of control. I don't want to let my anger out of control. It's really hard on those around me. But it, like it happening... We're human. We make mistakes. And sometimes when you have mental illness, your mistakes are bigger. If you have bipolar, which is literally a mood disorder, your moods and your emotions are going to be way more intense than most people. And it's going to throw people off. Um, that's – I don't want to say it's normal because, thank God, anyone with a severe mental illness would be thankful that most people don't have to deal with the shit they have to deal with. But there are a, there there is a – the world is big, and there's a large number of us with a mental illness, and having those emotions is not necessarily, it's not uncommon, and it's embarrassing, and it's why it's important to figure out how to deal with them in whichever way. And if, you know, sometimes being open about it, like I am in this process by telling people on this podcast, which is public, about my illness. That's part of me holding myself to account, uh, saying this is what happened. I'm an immature human. Here's where I learned from it, and here's where I'm trying to do better. Um, if you are a person with anger, by the way, get a punching bag. I have a punching bag outside, and it's really good for relieving anger to just hit it. 
just a side note. And so no matter who you are, if you want to, and how you want to present your mental illness, don't try to hide it, like hide it from those who, you know, who, who don't need to see it, the public maybe in general, but don't hide it from yourself. Really don't. You need to look that shit in the eye and say, hey, you're part of me. <laughs> we got to work together somehow. Let's figure this out. And it does help to have a support network. Um, I should probably come a little more prepared to tell people where to find them, but Google does exist. And so maybe I'll do a whole episode with resources people can go to. But you do need to know that it's it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Uh, there's a good song that came out. I think Elenium did it, and I really liked it. And I that, that's the title of the song. Um it is okay to not be okay. It's Especially with mental illness, life is very hard. But if you can find a way to deal with it, whichever way, more power to you. Don't be embarrassed. Everyone is fucked up in their own way, and sometimes people, it's just more acute in others than in others. So don't hide it from yourself. You can hide it from the world, you can show it to the world, but don't run from your own shit, because it will catch up with you. And I do want to finish with saying mental illness is not Instagrammable. And what do I mean by that? We live in a world of amazing technology. And with instant gratification from TikTok, from Instagram, from Facebook, from video games, from whatever. But Instagram, Instagram shows the sexiest part of our lives. It's one thing I've tried to do recently is to just post mundane pictures of things to show that life isn't always super, super, super sexy. And mental illness is very much not Instagrammable. There's so many movements, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, and we love Instagrammable things. Take a picture of us supporting this movement with a flag up, put it on social media. Yes, I did something. Kind of. <laughs> but that's not how it works with mental illness. It's why I'm not a big fan of Mental Illness Awareness Month for the same reason. I think that's March or something. March or May or something like that. Same thing, some black uh, scholars I've heard critiqued of Black History Month. Like, we just teach black history all the time. Like, it's part of history. We shouldn't delegate it to one month. And the same thing with mental health. Mental illness, it's a continuous process. It's not like you post on this picture and it's fixed. It's an internal, it'll go on forever. People are going to have mental illnesses forever, and we have to figure out ways to deal with them. And you don't always, you don't get this, like, de actually dealing with your mental illness is not something you can take a picture of, post on Instagram, and get a bunch of social credit for. It's something you have to do continuously by continuously going to therapy and having routines and practices that 
do benefit your mental health, stuff like working out, making sure you're taking your medications, making sure you're seeing a proper doctor to get those medications, to seeing a therapist, to putting efforts towards taking care of your mental health as well as your physical health, which I believe are both almost intertwined, if not the same thing. And you can't do that with a single picture. That's a continuous process that is hard to make look sexy. That's why I don't like mental illness. Like When I was in college, we sometimes had days off. They called mental health days, and that's happened in other companies too, and I hate that term. Because it, it, it makes people think it's just a day. Well, I'm going to go and be relaxed. And sometimes it's important to have that time. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like a day thing. Mental illness is a continuous process you have to work on every day. Doing the small things like taking our medicine, working out, taking time to understand our own feelings and emotions. And that's not like a single day. And I don't like it because... It's like, well, we have a day for it. That's when you do it. It's like, well, no, it's an everyday thing. And I'm actually one who thinks one big thing for mental illness is you need a routine. And having a day off can disrupt that routine sometimes. That's not always the greatest thing. Sometimes you do need a rest. And I'm a person who does tend to work very hard and does have to sometimes pump the brakes a little bit. So it's not always a negative thing, but it gets people's mind of, well, mental illness is just relaxing. It's like, no, it's not. It's part of it. It is keeping after these things. If you And if you spend that mental health day, writing, journaling is very helpful. It's a free thing people can do that's kind of a form of self-therapy to help organize your thoughts. You know, then, then maybe it is a mental health day. But it's a continuous process, and how you present yourself with this mental illness is also very important. I'm a person who's very open. Some people are very private. You have to figure out which way works for you, which way you want to do. Some people are very embarrassed about their mental illness, which is fine. But just make sure you're dealing with it. Don't be embarrassed from yourself. It's okay to be embarrassed with other people and with the public. I'm a comedian. I'm kind of used to being embarrassed. But don't be embarrassed from yourself because you can't run from yourself. I talk to myself sometimes. But like, I see you, motherfucker. I see that crazy part of you that's doing this stupid thing. And we should probably try to stop, but we're not going to be perfect with it. You know, we're going to make some errors, and we have to be okay with that. Don't take a picture, post it on whatever social media or video and then just throw it away. It's a continuous process you have to be disciplined about and take action for every day. And that's scary for a lot of people, especially if you do not have a routine and you're just not naturally a disciplined person. But start somewhere. Start If you're not doing anything and you're tense and anxious and depressed, wake up, go for a 15-minute walk. Just walk. If you can't do 15 minutes, do five minutes and come home on a piece of paper, just write out your thoughts for five minutes. Five minutes. I think everyone can do that. And then you do that for the next day. And the next day. And then maybe you think, well, I could actually stay here for seven minutes this time because I want to finish this thought. And that's how you build a habit. And 
habits and discipline are so fundamental for dealing with your mental illness. And even if it's nothing like just taking your medications every day, a really quick thing you can do is you can buy a med box from any Walgreens for like 15 bucks. Put your medications in there every Sunday when you're you know doing your other chores and take these active approaches. And then maybe you can figure out, well, you know, I'm not going to talk to everyone about my mental illness. I'm going to be more private about it. That's perfectly normal, but I'm dealing with it. So I can just, I want to, I don't want to, you know, those embarrassing moments are just for me and those close to me. I don't want those to be a public thing. Awesome. And you're dealing with your mental illness or have a new way. Be like me, maybe be super open about it and <laughs> find the other side of it where people don't want to hear what you want to say all the time because they're sick of you talking about your mental illness. But then you can figure out how to reel that in. And I joke a lot about mental illness in comedy. And it's one thing I do to get people to understand. We're not alone with this. And I don't want people who have don't have a mental illness to get very scared because they don't understand it. And you're probably not going to understand it. It is a crazy process. But even the craziest part of us doesn't mean we're entirely crazy. It just means we have this issue. And sometimes we need a little bit more help. And I feel like people can tell us someone's sincere. And that's all we can ask for because mental illness is hard. It's super hard. And how you present it can be so challenging. But if you can figure it out, I think it's going to make everyone a much stronger us, a more strong, strong people dealing with mental illness as a whole. And... It's going to help people understand us so we can coexist and maybe people can start to truly understand the difficulties of a mental illness. And we can all find the common humanity among stuff and strive to do our best. And that's all we can do. One of my favorite phrases, maybe I'll start ending podcasts like this. It's a Japanese phrase. Gambate is a do your best, but it's in a more command structure. So if I say gambate, it's like I'm kind of commanding you, but in, in a... Like, do your best, you know, more commanding way. And uh, the word dake is just. And so I'll often say to myself, kambate dake. Just do your best. Kambate dake. <laughs>